Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you get a Snoopy shirt? I don't know. It's not fair. Because I bought it. He's got a Snoopy shirt. Just that easy. What's the name of that little yellow bird again? Woodstock. Woodstock. There you go. That's exactly right. Snoopy and Woodstock. These are the 10 least stressed out states in the United States. Where do you think is the least stressed out state in the United States? I've seen the list. Kansas. Yeah, so I know the answer. Wyoming. You're going Wyoming and where else? Kansas, Nebraska. Wyoming. States where nothing's going on. Iowa, yeah. that's got to be one. Right. Place with no people. Yeah. <laughs> that Pretty much. Yeah. Hawaii, maybe. Well, Hawaii, I don't yeah, know. A lot of stress there. There's a lot. Everything is so expensive in Hawaii yeah, is the true. thing. Mm. All right, I'm going to go down the list, ladies and gentlemen. Do they have it just, uh, here we go. Okay. Now this, the 10 least stressed out states in Minnesota. Number 10 is Virginia. Nine is North Dakota. Eight is Connecticut. Seven is New Jersey. Really, that surprises really? me. That surprises yeah. me. Well, I guess, I don't know. New Jersey doesn't really have a reputation for anything these days, though. It's no, like, that's true. It used to be like the state where Jersey City, which is garbage, is. Mm-hmm. But now it's like kind of cleaned up, so it's like no one ever really talks about New Jersey anymore. Virginia, North Dakota, Connecticut, New Jersey, Iowa is number six. There you go. These are the ten least stressed out states in America. Number five, Massachusetts. Number four, South Dakota. Number three, New New Hampshire. Number two, Utah. Number one is Minnesota. I doubt that. It is number one, and I I don't think that's accurate in the least. Minnesota's a very easy... It's very easy to be stressed out in Minnesota. A lot of Minnesotans are very (laughs) worried people, I would say. They are, absolutely. Very good point. They get worried a lot. But it says we're the least stressed out, so I suppose that's probably good news, isn't it? I think. Mm. I don't know if I believe it. It makes me worry for states that are (laughs) more stressed than you because it feels like we got enough stress to last a lifetime. That's a very good point, actually. There's been some kind of a Barbie auction. What the hell is that all about? You know about that? I do not. I'm sure it's probably some sort of like still in original boxing. Oh, I bet. I bet you're right about that. Witness a unique auction in Hamill, Minnesota, where hundreds of iconic Barbies, some dating back to 1961, were sold to the highest bidder. The auction house anticipates dolls fetching up to $2,000 with more auctions planned in the coming months. Yeah, they got pictures of a couple of Barbies just hanging out, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have a, an iconic Barbie auction. Why did Barbie make such a, a huge return to media? Because the multi-billion dollar corporations deemed it so. Yeah. So it was to make money? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. It's all it's all astroturfed, 100%. Yeah. Well, and it's like one of those things now, because I don't think Barbie was necessarily as popular as, like, you know, 20 years ago. No. No. Gen Z yeah, so couldn't have cared yeah. less about Barbie. Right. And so you, you release the big Barbie movie, and it's all millennials taking their kids to it. And so, yeah, you get that mm-hmm. nostalgia factor. So now everybody's back on the Barbie bandwagon. Well, half of the movies right now are just nostalgia for millennials, if you mm-hmm. look at it. Yeah. Everything, all a lot of the Marvel stuff is. Yeah, Spider Man is like back in a big way because we all remember really? the Tobey Maguire Spider Man yep. movies, oh, which are the only good ones, of course. Yeah, there's been like, well, because it was like Spider Man Multiverse. Yeah, all Gone other... Home, Back Home, Home Away, whatever the hell, <laughs> all those. And now the video games, those are back too. Yeah, which and they almost got me with one of those because back when the, the first Spider Man came out on two. Yep. yep. Oh, it was Uh-oh. the greatest video game ever. Oh, God, people were so obsessed with that game. Listen to you guys. I remember playing a demo for it, and it was pretty cool, the fact that you could, like, you know, web-sling around the whole city. It's yep. a very open world. That was basically unheard of back then. Yeah. But it always bothered me. So he's going around the city. You know, he's shooting the webs up. What are they attaching to? 
Well, because, yeah, technically it was you're attaching it to the building. But yeah, it really should have, but the PlayStation 2 didn't have the power to do that, so he just shot them up away from the camera so you didn't see and therefore didn't worry about it. Yeah, and then also, like, who's cleaning up all these spider webs that we're leaving all over New York? That is a good point. Yeah. Very good point. What's, what's the city that he lives in? New York, right? Is it just New York? Yeah, I oh, guess yes, I don't know if it's a It is just like a fictionalized New York. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like New York must be very gross in the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> Well, that's not nice. Uh, this is not good news either. The latest thing to become way too expensive. Do you know what that is? Nope. The latest mm. thing to become way too expensive. Andy? Uh, I could probably think of quite a few things. Fun. Uh, yeah, leaving the house definitely costs $100 <laughs> every time you step out the front door. Isn't that amazing when you go to the grocery store now to pick up a few items? It's still $100. Yeah. I got this, this, and this. That's a hundred bucks. I'm like, what? Everything's a hundred dollars now. Yeah, it's it's like a hundred dollars. I feel like is the equivalent of like twenty dollars from like twenty that, years. You're ago. right. It used to be like, yeah, you just go to the store. Here's twenty bucks. Yep. Bring me the change. Now it's like, here's a hundred. If there's change, I'll be surprised. <laughs> a new survey uh, talked to people about the latest thing to become way too expensive. Fun, and they mean all fun. It isn't just live concerts and movie theaters. At least 20% of Gen Zs say everything fun has surged in price since the pandemic, including theme parks, theatrical shows, live comedy, sporting events, carnivals, and fairs. To do that stuff, some Gen Zers are cutting back on dining out, but others say they think uh, they're taking uh, on credit card debt, borrowing from their savings, taking on additional work, and selling clothes and other belongings. Um, the only thing that bothers me about that. And I don't have an opinion on this. Like I said, I was vaccinated twice and boosted three times, and I still got COVID twice, whatever. I never had it really seriously. Once, The second time was more serious than the first time, but not serious. It was The hard. symptoms was were more crappier. severe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was crappier than, than that. Um, but there are lots of people out here that think that whole thing was a scam. And whenever you look at this, now that everything's much more expensive, was mm. it a scam? I don't know that I would go so far as like, because people are like, oh, it was made in a lab and they did it on purpose. I yep. don't know that they necessarily did that, but I'll say that there definitely were people that used COVID as an opportunity to either increase a price and use COVID yeah. as the excuse. So I think it was really, more, if anything, was the excuse that everybody's going to use to up prices and kind of change the economy. Yeah, I'm not big in that whole, oh, there's, a, there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. But you kind of wonder once in a while, it's like... There's a lot of money being made by these Pfizer's oh, and Moderna's and places yeah. like that. Well, there's a, and I won't say his name, but it was a prominent, like, local politician-type person that was, during the George Floyd protests as everything was burning to the ground, mm -hmm. people were trying to sell. He was, like, going through and buying properties and things like that. Cause really? Because he was, like, and he, mm -hmm. everybody looked at him like he was crazy, and he's, like, it's looks bad now but he's like there's money to be made when there's blood in the streets he's like everybody's yep. gonna sell super low because yep. they want to get out of the neighborhood and they're gonna have to come back eventually mm -hmm. and yeah like mm -hmm. after kind of everything was burning down the city started you know doing like projects where like, hey we're gonna give people you know tons of money to rebuild their businesses and now he's like everything's going back to normal and now i got all these properties on a on the cheap to make money so yeah so what i know who this guy is um i don't know probably, probably. He's, he's got a well enough known name that you would know, probably. So he's a Minneapolis politician. Uh, yeah, lightly politician. He's trying to get his more prominent in there, but yeah, I'll tell you off air. Okay, we'll find out off air. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, what we do on this show is, if uh, the world is much more expensive, what we offer on this show is the top five cheap ways to have fun. Yeah. So if you're having fun is so expensive, we have the top five cheap ways to have fun. A survey finds that having fun nowadays costs way too much. Fortunately... We're here with solutions, so uh, give your wa wallet a much-needed uh, breather and uh, enjoy everything on today's list. The top five cheap ways to have fun. Old-ass video games. Um, top five? There's like ten of them. Why do they say the top five and then there are ten of them? Because eventually you'll get to the top five. Well, I suppose. That's there true. There you go. Make a movie with your phone. It can't be any more boring than sit to sit through than Killers of the Flower Moon. Is that movie horrible? I well, I think Tim went and saw it and did a, did he do a review on Friday or he's doing it to, no, he did it on Friday and he seemed to like it. Three and a half hours long. Oh yeah. God, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh God, no. no. 
Three and a half hour. I can't and that, do it. And that's actually, I think, technically cutting it short because I think it's like 346 is really? the official runtime. Two, yeah, 206. 206. 206 minutes. Oh, 206 minutes. Yeah. So 326. Yep. Three done. and a half hours long. Jesus. That's, yeah, no thing. You could make a movie about anything. If it's three hours long, it's going to be way too long. Okay, now they're being smart asses on five cheap ways to have fun. Teach your pet a new trick, unless it's a cat, because they're worthless. <laughs> That's real nice. Mm. That's real nice. Invite friends over to play charades, Pictionary, or if you're a perv, Twister. Oh, these are getting lame. I'm going to the top. Trying to be funny. I yep. thought, yeah, they're trying to be funny. That never. If you're trying to be funny, you're not funny. No. That is true. Go to the library and hand feed the homeless. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, watch a Chiefs game and take a shot of tequila every time the camera cuts to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Is she still going to all the games? Yeah, just CNN had, or like, I think it was CNN had her on like the front page of their entertainment oh, section God. because she was in the stands. So yeah, I'm tired of Taylor Swift. We all are. I think every, I think she's making a huge mistake because people are going to get sick to death of her. It's oversaturation for sure. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Well, honestly, becoming like the big halftime show seems to be the kiss of death a lot of the time. Yeah. They make a ton of money doing it, but then after everyone is so sick of them that they just fade away kind of. I don't is she going to do the Super Bowl halftime show? I wonder. I don't I if she does that's a mistake. I don't think the NFL would want her to do it because all of the Taylor Swift fans would buy the tickets and then after halftime the stadium is going to be empty. empty. That is yeah. true. the concert's that's true. over. That's a very good point actually. Um yeah, these are <laughs> Uh, they're, they're getting lamer by the minute. I have to move on from that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here are a few more good news stories making the rounds. Some guy got arrested for trying to climb the Eiffel Tower on Thursday, an eyewitness said he had a sign that read, Free Billie Eilish. What is Why do I know Billie Eilish? What, she's, who is that? she's a very famous uh, musician, singer. I doubt she you've got, heard any of their, her, her songs. Yeah, she got famous because she was kind of like the depressive... She was the Kirk, female Music. Kurt Cobain. There we go. Oh, is that right? Is, there we so, go. free her from what? That's I don't a know. good I question. Didn't even know she was locked up. It just says free Billie Eilish, but it doesn't say a guy with a similar sign got arrested in April after scaling a news tower in L.A. It doesn't say what what they mean by free Billie Eilish, though. Doesn't say anything about her being incarcerated or anything. Oh well, the other <clears throat> she had a, the sign had two sides. And the other side said, MK Ultra Sex Slaves Donald Marshall Clones. What? So I Sounds like he might be he a little, be uh, a little yeah, mentally missing something upstairs. What the hell is that? What did that even mean? Well, MK Ultra was a CIA thing that they did in like the 60s. It was mm-hmm. like a brainwashing experiment, oh, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Sex Slaves, that's, you know, sex kind of slaves. like a hot right. ticket issue right now. Uh, Donald Marshall, I don't know who that is. I have no idea. Firefighters helped him down so he wasn't hurt, and here's a fun twist. His stunt ended up leading to a surprise proposal. All the stairwells were shut down uh, while they dealt with the climber, so a bunch of tourists were stuck uh, at the top. One of them was a guy from D.C. named Amir Khan, who was there with his girlfriend. He'd been planning to propose later that night, but decided it was meant to be, and she said yes, so that's good. Something good came of it. Uh, two former strangers in Arizona are planning to have Thanksgiving together again this year. Back in 2006, Wanda Dench tried to text her grandson but ended up uh, inviting a random high school kid named Jamon Hinton instead. This will be their eighth Thanksgiving together. That's pretty cool, actually. A three-year-old girl named Journey is now the youngest person to visit all 63 national parks. It started after her parents took her to Yosemite when she was just six months old. Uh, and finally, a woman in Rhode Island hit the lottery for $87,000 by using the last four digits in the lottery headquarters phone number, 6500. She says whenever she gets a feeling about a set of numbers, she plays them, and it's uh, worked before. She also won $20,000 about a month ago. Damn. That's pretty good, man. She's won $107,000 in the last month. Who did win the lottery last year? Because the lottery's just one, wasn't it? A big, a huge amount of dough, I think. I don't know. I didn't see 1. that. Point two billion or something. Jesus. Yeah, somebody just won it a couple of weeks ago, but I, they don't cover that like they used to. No, it used to be a big. Well, because didn't before you had to like announce who you are if you yes. won the lottery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think they stopped doing that in some or most states. So 
it's not as big a deal anymore. You really want to tell somebody you just won one point no, four billion dollars? Never want anyone to know that. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't even want to know you got a hundred dollar bill in your wallet. No, absolutely not. Oh, this would be a lot worse. Yeah, that that. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't. Do you guys play the lottery? I don't ever play it. Should I play it? I think I've done no. it twice in my life. You have only when it gets to many like well over a billion, many billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So did you ever come close? No. No. And like the only time either. I'll really play it is if like friends are like, oh, we're all buying lottery mm-hmm. tickets. I'm like, yeah, I'll be in on the phone. Yeah, sure. But I'm not going, going out of my way to go buy one any, anytime yeah. soon. I have a, a couple that became, became, you know, kind of friends with or at least acquaintances with. They won like, I think, $12 million in the lottery. I know Jeez. that. Well. Did pretty well. They, they walked away with the $12 million. But you know, these days, what can you buy for twelve million? It's, you not, gonna, it's not gonna get you to retirement, that's for certain. <laughs> not that's... anymore. Well, I suppose it depends on how old you are. That, yeah. that would make a lot of sense. But uh what are you gonna do? Uh I do wanna piss and moan here for a minute because this is all about me right here now. Mm-hmm. I talked to my buddy Larry. Camp Yellow was closing, Andy. Did you know that? Closing forever? Yeah. Oh, yeah? what? They've been there for 30 years. Campiello, which is down in Eden. I think that's Eden Prairie. Yes, there, it is Eden Prairie. It? I think so. But uh, Campiello has been there for 30 years, one huh. of my favorite places to go. Larry's a great guy. Um, but, uh, you know, they own all the D'Amico's and all that stuff. When is mm-hmm. it closing? Uh, January 1st. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll have to go there one more time. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to go a couple more times. I think we're talking about it, uh, teeing it up pretty soon. But I love Campiello, and I don't know... Maybe business is is down. It just, ah, man. Well, I mean, he might just be getting too old for it, too. Yeah, but he owns a bunch of different restaurants, so he doesn't really stay at mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, but that's a lot of work, owning a lot of different restaurants. Well, that's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, no D'Amico and Partners is not going to renew the lease, is what they say. Oh, so, oh, yeah. But I think it has to, I don't know, so I, I haven't talked to Larry about it. Yeah, Richard and Larry D'Amico opened it with partner <clears throat> Paul Smith. In 1996. God, 96. So it yep. was almost 30 years. It was over 30 years. 96. Oh, 96. No, 27 96, years. Yeah, 27 years. I was thinking 93 for some reason. Nope. Oh, you, wrong, I'm reading a bunch of different dates now that I'm scrolling down. 2008, 1998, 1982. Confusing. Indeed, but I, I hate to see Campiello go because it's a very, very good restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, the D'Amico's do a great job. Yeah, as in like the D'Amico and Sons? Yes. Yep. Yeah, they do great. Yeah, there's one of those right on 50th. Well, it's not on 50th in France, but a block west of 50th in France. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. It's right across the street from the Lunds and Byerleys there. You know where that is? Yep. Really, really good stuff. I just, but I, I one of the things that I said, because we moved into that neighborhood about three, four years ago, mm-hmm. I said, one of the reasons I'm so happy to be here is because Jimmy's, which is owned by Mike Jennings, is right there. You take a right instead of a left on Shady Oak Road Okay. when you're going west. So uh, Jimmy's is there, and, and Mike does a great job. And then you take a left to go to Campiello, and I've always loved Campiello, but now what the hell are we going to, what are we going to do without Campiello? Yeah, it's there's something about like especially if it's a restaurant that you've been going to forever and it closes, you're just like this is the worst. Yeah. Like I can I yep. just move to a different neighborhood now? It's not even worth living over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, let's, just, that's, let's just get out. Uh, Do you have a favorite Italian place in town? Ooh, a favorite Italian place? Olive Garden. Yeah, Olive Garden. Yeah, there Olive Garden go. I go to. I don't Are they know. still open? Is there any Olive Garden? I've never open? been to an Olive Garden there's, in my life. The only one that I've seen is there's one in Bloomington. Oh, there is. Okay. Yep, kind of where Joe Sensors used to be. Oh, yeah, they used to be everywhere. They used to be everywhere. Because I know that Don and Betty used to love going to Olive Garden. Andy, did you know that? Endless Breadsticks. Endless yeah. Breadsticks was one of the mm-hmm. biggest reasons they went. It's yeah, true. I don't know that I have a favorite one. I mean, like, Cassetta's is always good. There's mm-hmm. um, oh, I love Italian Eatery, which is kind of by Lake Nokomis, which is really good. Uh, Julia downtown. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't really can't go wrong with any Italian restaurant here. Barla Grassa. Barla Grassa. I've never been to Barla Grassa. Have actually. you really? It's, it's very hard to get a reservation there. I know somebody. I might might be able to get uh, you in. Yeah, if you can get me on the list. Because I keep hearing about this lobster mac and cheese. Mm. Oh so my like, god, to, Andy. Soft what eggs and lobster? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I have to go. You gotta go. The, go it's there. actually, right now, not that hard to get in. No? If you, if you book out like a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Because otherwise I'm just going to knock on the door and be like, you know, I know Tom Bernard and see it. it either gets you thrown out <laughs> or it gets you let in. Exactly. So 
Hey, you use that very uh, sparingly. You know him, get out. <laughs> no, but I do actually have, so this weekend, I went to, it's called the Minneapolis Salt Caves. Like, if you ever want, like, a very relaxing experience, essentially it's a room about the size of this studio, and they have all of this, like, Pakistani salt that's on the ground. Mm -hmm. And you, like, sit there and you listen to, like, kind of, like, trance-type music and meditative music, and you just sit there in the room. And it's, like, the most relaxing experience you can possibly have. It's, like, kind of south Minneapolis on, I think it's Nokomis is the name of the road. Oh. I love that whole Nokomis area. That's a but good yeah, area. it's like it's you walk in and it feels like a yoga type studio. Oh, okay. But yeah, they put you in this little room and you sit there and relax and yeah, it's a great time. I'll give it a what's called what's it called? It's called Minneapolis Salt Caves. Yeah, if you type in I think it's Minneapolis Salt Caves. Minneapolis Salt yep. Caves. Yeah, and you just walk in and it's very, very relaxing. <laughs> Took my girlfriend there. We went to Amibulus, which is this like local liquor store in the northeast and got mm-hmm. these THC. Drinks. Oh, yeah, we've been doing that. Yep, and so drank a little that. THC drink, went in there and had a little relaxing little yep. spa day, and it was fun. We have to take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. More news right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation. Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. Tom here, and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Elizabeth writes, I'm a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost constant heartburn, trouble sleeping, brain fog. I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You won't regret your investment in yourself. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away, which I think is a brilliant idea. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted wait. That's www.mnfatloss.com. I cannot wait to hear about your success story, and please let them know that Tom sent you. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them, or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? 
I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Bird is with us. You were frozen solid there for a second. No way. No, it was just your, your, your iconic picture. That's what it was. Uh, I hadn't turned on my camera yet. Oh, that's what it was. So what's happening, sister? Oh, my goodness. I had a big weekend. I was working all weekend. Uh, We had the Days of Our Lives fan event um, out in Los Angeles, which was really fun. But it made me a little sad. I'm not going to lie. Just because you start feeling like the crowds just get a little bit smaller. The event itself, you feel like the budget's just like a little bit smaller than the year before, too. It's been cut. Um, the cast is fabulous, but it, it really is an era gone by when you just think about the daytime soaps and what they meant to so many generations and how different they are in 2023. Did you say, these really were the days of our lives? They really were. <clears throat> yeah, it's on Peacocks exclusively now. It's not even on NBC. So really? you know, that also, yeah, and that makes it for a smaller audience because now you have it behind a paywall. The nice thing about it for people who are watching is the fact that it has um, all of the episodes. So you can go back and you can watch, you know, <clears throat> last couple of seasons if you've missed anything or caught up where before, if you weren't recording it, you were out of luck. You know, the thing that happens to me every time that you bring up the name of that show, I think of Fred Sanford, Days of Our Lives. Remember that? Man. Lamont would come in and go, Pop, what are you watching, Pop? Days of our lives. He was always watching that show for some reason. What is this program? Uh, Jack Hay is in the cast. I don't know if a lot of people know oh, really? this. A lot sure. of people probably, yeah, a lot of people grew up watching her probably in 227. Yep. And, and she's fabulous. And she is just, I enjoy interviewing her. She is exactly as you would expect. She's saucy and spicy and always fun. Yeah, there's, well, we've been talking about it quite a bit, that that streaming television is just killing it. It's doing a great job. <laughs> but it's not. Actually, here, there's a new report. <laughs> oh, my God. Is. Nobody's ever happy. No one's ever happy. We've been talking about how the, the trends are changing, but there's mm-hmm. a new report out today that by 2030, so less than seven years from now, that fast TV is going to beat out streaming networks. Um, and for people that don't know what fast means for, it's free ad supported television. So it's your Roku channel, your Pluto, mm-hmm. all of those type of networks. They are going to be eclipsing streaming in less than seven years. Well, if they keep hiking prices, I don't doubt it. Yeah, the astronomical subscription prices over the last couple of months. Oh, God. Hulu, um, Netflix, it, and especially where people are already have very tight budgets. People are easily going to say, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. We're just going to cut Hulu for now. Yep. That's what we, I think we just did, actually. Oh, did you like cut, a, you cut a Hulu? A day or two ago. And isn't Fast TV essentially just like the more advanced version of Bunny Ears on your, like a TV Yeah, it sounds like the day. standard TV. It's, yeah. You watch TV, you got ads. You, yeah, the 22 the minutes stretched into 30. Yeah, the only difference is that it's streaming. Yep. And so I think that's what's so funny is that we've actually come full circle once mm-hmm. we reach that point where broadcast is dead, streaming is on its way out, but fast TV is like the new broadcast. Yeah. That's what so, people are used to. It's everywhere on uh, YouTube. YouTube is nothing but that, basically. So are you going to have to dump one service and then sign up with the other? Because one thing I did notice, I think this is the all-time high I had seen, uh, Fubo, I think it was, uh, the ultimate uh, subscription to Fubo is like a hundred and forty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell? Well, Hulu is the same way. It's about that much because it, it includes really? live TV and some mm-hmm. other thing that we don't care about. Yeah. And with. 
fast TV, you can get news channels and mm -hmm. oftentimes you can get your local news channels. You can get everything that you need without having to subscribe. And so, and what I love too, is you've got all the nostalgia channels of like the shows you grew up watching and they run 24 seven. So you don't have to subscribe to this because it's all ad based. It's all ad, uh, ad supported. So there's You'll streaming need... internet really? channels like Twitch or something. You could, you could watch, you could watch it on your laptop. You can watch it on your mobile device. No subscription. If you have hmm. a TV and you have like a Apple TV device, a Roku, you're going to be able to get all of these for free and you can get all of these for free right now too. That's something that I should mention. Don't it, think that it's coming in the future. It's already here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like the quality of these shows that you'll be watching is significantly lesser from my experience than like you'll see because what's the big one right now Tubi TV Tubi yeah and That's like a big one. it's some of the stuff that they put up there is there is it's like me you and Andy went and made a movie and really threw it up there. yeah so like it's a you're lot not, of lifetime type yeah. of oh, yeah ish. so you're not gonna go on there and watch like the shows you love for free you I would keep my eye on Freebie though because that is owned by I Amazon love okay and yeah. we had a, a great show that's nominated for an Emmy jury duty and i mm -hmm. think if because of that success they are probably fast tracking a couple of other shows for freebie so that that would be one i would keep my eye on roku also has a decent um track record with with some shows and movies well i think there's something to be said for not having these extreme bloated budgets that have become the norm ever since mm -hmm. i think game of thrones really made a lot of tv production studios think that we have to spend a hundred million dollars on this tv show or no one will watch it and I think people are kind of getting sick of that to a degree. So we're just going to all the Hulus and they're just going to go away? What, what's going to happen? They won't go away. They, no, they won't go away. They'll still exist, but they're not going to be. When you went home and like Netflix and chill, it's not going to be that. You might go home and be like, here I am with my freebie tonight right. instead of your Netflix. Um, and you might have less subscriptions in the next seven years. Instead of subscribing to six or seven different types of streaming networks, you're just going to go your fast TV and go, it's got everything I need right now. Okay, full disclosure, full, full disclosure. Catherine literally says, stay away from the television. You can watch the TV, but that's it. Because I think I have subscribed it, to just to touch it. Yes, because I think I've subscribed to every channel that was ever invented. You did, yes. I'm pretty sure you do because <laughs> when you say like your Fubo is like two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars, I'm like one hundred fifty bucks. Would I haven't paid that since I canceled? You know, cut the cord with my cable a decade mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to be spending that amount of money. That's what Catherine said. I agree with her. All right, we'll get it taken care of. We'll pull it. We'll pull the cord. So fast is it like old TV where it's like, oh, it's six o'clock. My show is on kind of thing. No, that's that. So it runs more like streaming where they'll drop the episode. Let's just say it's an original show. They'll drop the episode on ever comes out every Tuesday. So, you know, on Tuesdays beginning at like 12 or 1 a.m. You can start watching your show. Okay. Um, but they also have those nostalgia channels where you can watch The Price is Right from 1976. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can watch 90210 for those of you who grew up in the 90s. I mean, that, that's the kind of beauty of it. I mean, my husband and I, during the pandemic, I feel like I've mentioned this before, we went through a love boat phase, and it was astonishing, like, just how sexist it was. But it was fascinating to watch just episode after episode because you're like, this was like, such a big hit for Aaron Spelling in the 70s, and it's atrocious TV, but it is addicting <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I understand that. I, um, well, so all of the stuff that I have now, I'm just gonna get rid of. Uh, how is this gonna work? No, I think you'll, I, I think for some people, and, and I think for us, it, at least in our household, like HBO to me is like a legacy channel. They, mm -hmm. You know, you're always gonna get great quality out of that. That will always probably stick around on a lot of people's sort of menu of choices when it comes to entertainment. People with families, Disney Plus will always be there. I think we will yeah. see some of the smaller streaming networks, Paramount Plus, Peacock. They may merge with some of the other big mm -hmm. ones in order to stick around and be able to showcase some of their material. But this is probably going to happen sooner versus later. Well, what about Hulu? There's a lot of good stuff on Hulu. 
Hulu's fantastic. And mm -hmm. I know that, and this is, Disney's going to be an interesting one to watch. And, and for a couple of reasons, first of all, I believe that they're going to try and buy out Comcast, which does own some of its interest oh. um, in Hulu and for Disney to own it outright. They had thought about selling it, but it looks like they want it to stick around because it does have so many good shows. But the other thing in their portfolio that they are rumored to sort of be offloading is ABC. They may be dumping their broadcast channel, and it is Jesus. Byron Allen who wants to buy it. <clears throat> What's he going to do with it? Well, he has a very specific plan. He wants to offer them $10 billion oh. for eight of their affiliates, ABC National. He wants Nat National Geographic, and he wants FX. Um, he went to Bob Iger, gave him the deal, and Bob's like, I'm not ready to sell just yet. And Byron today, just today, because over the weekend he did a big speech. He said, hey, I am still interested. If you're only going to give me ABC and the eight local affiliates, I'm still, I still want in. But I also want Kelly and Mark, and I also want the Tamron Hall show. Kind of interesting. So he, he definitely has a strategy in mind. And he is a media mogul. He is indeed. Mm -hmm. Black man in America today? Yeah, does he ever hire any white people? Don't not on his comedy show, he doesn't, I'll tell you that. There's never a honky on that show. No. His wife is white, Jennifer Lucas. It doesn't I, matter. I, <laughs> I know, but she's an executive. She's an executive at his company. She's executive. very high up. Okay. Uh, nepotism. No, that's how they met. They met on the job. I've known Jennifer and oh, okay. her twin sister, Allison, for years. In fact, they're from Minneapolis. and But what I knew them from Los Angeles. What are they, what's and, their name? Jennifer and Allison Lucas, the Lucas twins, um, they were Do they I were in the hosting them? business for quite a while. Jennifer was dating Byron, I mean, going back years, probably going back to the early 2000s. And she met him at work. He was the boss. <laughs> um, she was a producer for his company. They're now married. And I, ha I think they have three kids. Mm, Maybe okay. wrong on that, but. Yeah, they have three or four kids. So, um, but she is a high-ranking executive, and I will tell you, she is super smart. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to hire the wife. She's always been really sharp at what she's. Where done. did he start making all that money? He started producing a lot of his comedy specials and realized mm -hmm. the money to be made is not on camera; it's behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if anyone knows he has created like a syndication empire and that's why i'm kind of interested to see what he would do with abc and probably change the face of what it looks like because he he has a strategy and he knows what properties he wants mm -hmm. so i kind of hope it happens but his shows are terrible that they funny you should successful. funny you should ask is the least funny show i've ever seen but he does real estate shows. He does lifestyle shows. You're oh, he does. Oh, I didn't, oh, yeah, did not know that. Oh, yeah. Across the board, he is entrenched in the entertainment business. So I'd be really fascinated to see what winds up happening with ABC if he is in charge. Well, you know, he's a very smart guy, obviously. So God bless him. I hope he has all the luck in the world. As long as I got something to watch, baby. <laughs> and we'll see if Iger wants to sell to him. That's the other big problem. Well, Iger's only making about $400 million a year. That might not be enough. <laughs> Iger has enough problems on his hands, actually. <laughs> Why? What's going on now? Uh, you know, just the usual. It's just uh, they've got they've got to settle the strike. They're back to the table tomorrow, which oh, is that's good. True, yeah. And yep. Ted Sarandos from Netflix is like, we are eager to make a deal. So they're starting to they're starting to really feel it, which is good. You know, Iger was always very nice to me when I worked at Capitol Records, because Disney owned. I mean, not Capitol Records. I mean KQ. Because mm -hmm. Disney owned KQ for all those years. It was so successful, mm -hmm. and then sure they came did. and ruined it. But anyway, uh, but, but no, Iger was always very nice to me. He's, matter of fact, anybody I was ever around, he seemed very, very pleasant. Is he like? I is he known for that? Well, it depends. I, I think it's really interesting because I hope someone writes a book about this, like Bob Iger Chapter 1 and Bob Iger Chapter 2. Yeah. His Chapter 1, I don't think anyone could have had a better you know, time or tenure as a CEO. It no was doubt. exactly what you wanted. Everybody mm -hmm. loved him. He brought the company to new heights and everything changed once Bob Chapik took oh, over and terrible. then Bob Iger came back into the situation and he is finding his life to be a lot more tumultuous than his first tenure. And, you know, he even has the Disney adults kind of criticizing him all of the time because 
they're the ones who are at the parks every single day. Mm -hmm. They're the ones fueling all the social media content for free, by the way. I mean, they're making money on it on their end. But they're saying, you know, you're getting to the point, it's out of reach for the average family just to go to Disney for five sure. days. Oh, go for five days? You mm -hmm. just spend a lot of money, you go for five days. One day is expensive. One day for one person can easily, easily top $500. <laughs> one day for one person? One no. day for I'm one sorry. person. Because if you get two parks one day plus the Genie plus pass mm -hmm. right there you've already started at about 230 dollars right and then if you want a, a burger and fries while you're inside so there's the 400 another, yeah if, yeah if you have a if you have a sit-down meal eat, and then snacks and then maybe you buy some merchandise you can easily hit 500 really mm -hmm. so how so the average person just can't even bother to go no a lot of people aren't. I mean, I haven't renewed. I, it's a very big, big thing here in California to have an annual pass. And most of my friends have not gotten an annual pass since before the pandemic. It's, it's not worth it. You'd have to go so many times in order to make up that amount. You used mm -hmm. to have like two or three visits. You're good. You've covered the fee that you've paid for the year. It used to include parking. A lot of times the, the passes don't anymore. And parking is like $30 a day. So to go down to Anaheim after sitting in traffic, and everything else it's not worth it anymore i understand oh by the way another rave about righteous gemstones that show gets better as it goes along god that show is good that's good did you watch another episode last night we watched the episode where the number one son the guy with the big sideburns he's got the curly hair and then he's got white sideburns i can't remember i don't remember anybody's name or whatever but he uh, brought everyone together, all of his buddies together, and their wives and children to show them a porno movie uh, <laughs> just to show how everybody's dad was in it except for him. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? But, yeah, that, that Walton Goggins is so good in that damn show. God, is he good in that show. I, I think he's terrific anyway. But he's really good in Righteous Gemstones. Now that's what a four four season deal. I think they're in season three, or they just wrapped season three. They're coming back though. Yeah, they are coming back. Oh, good. You are right. Three seasons. Three seasons. Yeah. That show is really good. Uh, you you're the first one to tell me tell me about that quite a while ago, and I, we started watching, it and it's just it's terrific. Really good. Yay, we love that. I, I doubt you went to see Killers of Flower Moon this weekend. Oh, I didn't have seven <laughs> hours, so I did not. <laughs> Do you know, I always like to hear from the, there's a couple of people on, on social media that will go, this is the point you go to the restroom because it's so long. Oh, yeah. So there was a woman who was literally like, there is no point in this movie that you can go to the restroom because you will miss too much and not be able to catch up with the rest of the story. Really? She's like, you mm. need to limit your liquid intake. And I was like. <laughs> See, that just, that's just disrespectful to the audience, I think. Not well, because like it's a biological it. necessity, you know, you gotta go mm -hmm. to the bathroom. You can't just like punish the audience for, you know, being mortal. Well, there is that. Or anything over, you know, two and a half, three hours, bring mm -hmm. back intermissions. Let's do it. 100%. I loved intermissions anyway. It was wonderful back in the day. And it's proving, you know, like if you take a look at something like, um, Taylor Swift, it's proving that if you're bringing in, whether it's merchandise or you're bringing in something special, you're bringing in like a themed snack, even just for a movie, mm -hmm. people are going to go to the box office. People are going to go to the concession stand. It's, it's guaranteed. God, I love going to movies. You know, I just do. I love going to the movie, but three and a half hours is too long. It is too long. Is the movie any good? It, it's fantastic, and oh, it's it going to be okay. one of the major players uh, for the Oscar season. Really? And I, I'm interested to see. I feel like it might be Martin Scorsese versus Christopher Nolan this year with Oppenheimer. So could be quite interesting of an Oscars race. Both very long movies, <laughs> both you know sweeping epic type of, of productions. So we'll see who comes out on top. Finally, in 12 more days, they're going to release Sound of Freedom to streaming. Is Are you going to watch? Absolutely. Did you watch it? I have not watched it, so maybe I'll catch it on streaming. Yeah, for some reason, some people go on and on about how it's some kind of, there's got some spin to it. or 
I yeah, don't know th- what there's it is. there's QAnon ties, and and the man who produced it is now under major scrutiny for sexual harassment and assault. So, Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Yeah. God, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Where's he been? Um, he has been working on Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel. So there's, and he is now has stepped away um, from the main charity that this movie benefits. So there's a lot of controversy around it. And I think a lot of people just feel uncomfortable with some of the situation because he was, he's the one that, you know, this film is based off of. And he claims, and people are now disputing this saying, we can only find one child that he possibly rescued or had oh, some okay. hand in rescue him, that okay. they think some of his stories are now just tall tales. Um, but he was saying like he would travel, you know, all over the world trying to rescue kids. And he would have these women, not his wife, posing as his wife to, you know, fool all of the child traffickers. And he would insist that the women sleep in his bed, take showers with him. Act the part of his wife. You know, if I asked Kathy to take a shower with me, she'd go, why don't you blow it out your ass? I'm not taking a shower with you. Forget it. Well, these people aren't even his wife. I know. So, that's yeah, the, that's were, a big problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. So there, there's a lot. And then you have the QAnon issues with Jim Caviezel and the ties. It, there's a lot of complications with it. But if you just want the message of child trafficking and yeah. maybe some solutions or to be more aware of the issue. That's why you should watch it. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm going to watch it. I I just, um, I got to be honest with you, Kristen, I'm very serious about this. I have reached the end of it for the far right and the far left. I can't stand either one of them. I'm sick to death of their extreme views, their anger, their hatred. I don't want those people near me. You want to you're a Democrat or a Republican, I'm good to go. You're a centrist, I'm good to go. You people on the far edges, get the hell away from me and stay away. I cannot, I can't stand them anymore. They're disgusting. What are we going to do, Tom? I don't think there's anything we can do because, my God. <laughs> I don't think so either. I mean, people I using their so politics either. to harm other people. Why do you want to do that? I don't know. It's why I prefer to cover entertainment. Yeah, good move. Like the light and fluffiness of it. Sometimes yes. I'm like, that was perfect in a heavy news day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, I, yeah, we'll watch the movie. if it get, So does it go way over the top with the politics? No, I mean, I think it, oh, it draws. Okay. It's based off of a book, you know, obviously based off of a true story as well. And But I think um draws awareness to a topic a lot of people didn't know about. You'll, you'll get your screeners, too, from SAG. Once it, oh, that's kind of true. Be nominated, so you'll you'll have it at home, and you can pause it when you need to. Got to go pee. So yeah, when are we going to start getting those sent out to us? That's what in November. So no, so <laughs> they will announce the nominations somewhere around mid-December. Actually, they don't do oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we usually start getting them in early January. That's right. The show, that's yeah, right. the show is delayed a little bit, and. Let's please get this strike over with, honestly, because otherwise it's going to start encroaching on the award show season yeah. again, and everything's going to have to then keep on moving down I'll the line. So. When so, like, let's say the strike lasts into like award season, do they kind of everybody put their differences aside and we have we host our award show like nothing's going on, and then we go back to striking, or how would they handle that potentially? They would postpone all of them, so we would wind up with say like. Let's say um, the Golden Globes, because they're the first ones out of the gate, usually that first weekend of January, Mm -hmm. they would have to find a spot to move. And because they're in the number one spot, everyone, it would be a snowball effect. So let's say um, the strike didn't end until March. So then the first weekend in March, that's when the Golden Globes gets to take that weekend. And then everyone just kind of like follows in line. Yeah, it would be really bad because also we've already rescheduled the primetime Emmys for January because we missed the September date. We haven't rescheduled the daytime Emmys, so it would just be a calendar mess. So I hope that we don't have to even deal with that. And how much time do they need to kind of get the award show ready? Like, is it like something like we can do this on a month's notice or is there, you know, how long, like what is like the, I guess, timetable and kind of cutoff date? 
Sure. Um, when it comes to something like the Oscars, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but the behind the scenes staff, and, and I would talk about the people who like plan the actual event, start plotting it out, working with the producers, that's already in motion. They've mm. already announced the team. They're already at work for the show that is in March. Okay. Just to give you an idea. Um, a smaller show, like the daytime Emmys would be considered a smaller show. They could probably mount it within, let's say, eight to 10 weeks. They would probably be able to find a smaller venue. They already have their television coverage. They just have to find that right date and they'd be able to gather everyone. But the bigger shows, they definitely need months. Yeah. I would guess so. All right. Well, another magnificent report, I think. So many topics. We hit them all. Well, we did. (laughs) I like hitting a lot of topics. And I I just, the world is changing. It's changing rapidly. But I do, I'm very serious. It's just, we got to do something about this hatred in the world right now. It's getting worse by the minute. I wouldn't even waste my time hating somebody. If I don't like you, I just won't go anywhere near you. Right? Right. And that's why I'm here to deliver all the Hollywood fluff that you need. From a distance, because you don't want to be around me. That's what you're saying. I do want to be around you. (laughs) There you go. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, live from Hollywood. Aren't you guys sick of it? I mean, this, oh, this guy, that guy, oh, my God, I hate that. But Mm. settle down, for Christ's sake. It doesn't affect me. So you don't even pay attention to it? Nope. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, one of those things where... Anytime people want to get worked up and talk about how much they hate something, yeah. I'm like, I'll listen to you vent, I guess, if you want, but I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not. If you're looking for me to support your your hatred for something, like, no. Yeah, you're out of the mix. No. No, I just, honest to God, I, it, it, it's shocking. I'm not, I don't, we don't need to spend any time on this whatsoever. None. But I suppose it has something to do with where I grew up and all the rest of it. But this hatred of the Jews, what the hell happened? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Jesus Christ. I mean, calm down, for God's sake. You live your life, and why don't we just, let's not live near one another if you hate them that much. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like I don't, I can't think of a single time in my life where a Jewish person has ruined my day. No! Like, how are we just hating? And, like, any group I don't know. I've people, seen some pretty right? bad Woody Allen movies. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, if you take hey, that into account. Then. I had to work with John Lastman. You talk about a Jew ruining your life. I mean, <laughs> my God, you know. Now, I just don't understand it. What are the, what are the extreme beliefs that they are so hateful about? That's what I don't get. No. I don't know. I've right. been around Jews my whole life. No, I don't know any of those people. And there wasn't like some major event that happened. Like when no. 9-11 happened and everybody was like anti-Muslim, it was like, okay, well, there was at least like something that happened in your life that triggered this emotion from you. Whereas like yep. the Jew, there wasn't any, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't any like logical, whether it's justified or not, reason for people to all of a sudden start hating. Well, you see what they're doing now too. No. On, I won't say which side it is, but it's one of the political extremist sides. That, uh, uh, matter of fact, I don't even want to get into it. It's just so disgusting. Are you ever happy? Do you have to have someone to hate? Yes, most people do. That's what it is, isn't mm. it, Andy? You have to have someone to go, mm. you're the reason my life sucks. Yep, right. Because if, if you don't have somebody to hate, then you would have to start, like, internally reflecting and f- fix yeah, your own problems. That's right, exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right, isn't it? I, I just, I don't know, we'll hopefully get away from all this extreme crap and everybody going to prison and this and that. I was like, I mean, the one thing on the way out, I will say one thing I do not like is, and I look, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I'm just observing it. This is Matt Gates keeps shutting down the, you know, the trying to elect a speaker and he keeps getting away. That guy's Mm. a raging prick anyway. But then you got on the other side, the Democrats are, 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 criticizing them for not being able to come together. Well, none of you voted for him. I mean, you could cross the aisle and vote for him too, yeah, couldn't you? that's true. Yep. That's what I don't understand. You can criticize me for not doing it right, but if it was up to you. All you had to do was cross the aisle and vote, and we could have gotten somebody in, mm-hmm. but you won't do that. Right. Both parties are so horrible right now, I can't stand them. I really can't. Yeah. We'll take a break, come right back, and wrap up the stuff that I can't stand right after this. <laughs> This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show.
It's Tom Bernard for Flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. I'm happy to say I purchased an EV Mustang from Flagship and have friends and co-workers who bought new vehicles and used ones from this family-run dealership that's just 20 minutes west of the metro in Baldwin. Whether you want to compare their used car specials, claim Ford financing options, or simply book an oil change or tire rotation, they have you covered at Flagship Ford. New vehicles like the Ford Escape, the Edge, or F-150 pickups with special engine options. Flagship Ford can answer all your questions on your next new vehicle. The month of October is Tire Month at Flagship Ford. Fit your tires for your specific vehicle, any model car, truck, or SUV, and get your tires before the snow flies, just $5 over cost. That's a purchase of four new tires with a $70 rebate gift card on top of the $5 over cost on most brands of tires. Flagship Ford, east of the metro in Baldwin, Wisconsin, and online at FlagshipFord.com. That's FlagshipFord.com. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years. But I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now. Stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back for the last couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Now that recreational cannabis is legal, here's how to start your own pot business. You ever thought about that, either the two of you? Yes. What do you think? I would do it, I think. Like, I would start a cannabis industry-related business for sure. Andy? Uh, too much work. <laughs> too, what do you mean it's too much work? Growing plants, you know, watering them. Well, you uh, won't have to do, like, the grow side of it. You could open a store oh, that sells products or, like, a restaurant themed around it. Yeah. See? This summer, Minnesota's recreational marijuana law went into effect, legalizing the possession and use of marijuana for Minnesotans 21 and older and opening up a host of business opportunities, a new statewide industry, equipment manufacturers, growers, deliverers, analysts uh, that test cannabis plants and materials, even event coordinators, all will have a role in the cannabis market uh, ecosystem and a chance to make money off an industry expects to reach $1.5 billion in annual sales by the end of the decade, per cannabis law firm Vicente LLP's analysis. Now, I did. I, it's interesting to bring this up right now because we went out to uh, the Seavers Fall Festival, mm-hmm. you know, the Seavers Corn Maze and all that good stuff. Went to Seavers Corn Festival. I walk into front. And they got, like, you know, the pizza place. And they got the this place, got the that place. But one of the places had cannabis Yeah, at Seavers. And I thought, my God, I never thought I'd live to see that day. Yeah, they were they were selling pot at the at Seavers Fall Festival. Which makes sense. Like, are you <clears throat> tired of screaming kids running around in a corn pit? Take, <laughs> take the edge off and drink this THC drink or something, yeah. No, they did have uh, the uh, gummies. I think they were three to five milligrams, something like that. Mm. So just kind of take the edge off a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Is is there a pot product that, like, in the middle of the day, when I start to get tired, I kind of get on dragging down. Is there a pot that would 
make me, you know, a little happier, a little, hey, I'm fired up and ready to go. Yeah, so I, I forget which one it is, and our list is probably more educated on it than I am, but because there's like two, like indica or sativa, and one's supposed to like right. give you a little energy boost. Me personally, I've never had an experience where like all of a sudden you take a certain gummy or drink a drink right. or something and you're like now this gave me a bunch of energy it always makes me feel more like relaxed because i would like to find a cannabis deal that that does give me a lot of energy because mm -hmm. i use it to sleep at night yep and you have to find the exact level for you too because if you take too much you're going to sleep all that, day long or you wake up in the middle of the <laughs> night to go to the, the bathroom and you're like i am way too high for yep. what i oh there's no doubt about that yep but i want to find a product and i got to find out where that is that, that does give you that, you know, happier feeling. Like mm -hmm. for middays, because I still wake up at 3.30 every morning. I don't know if I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I no. go back to sleep, but I wake up at 3.30 every morning like I did for 37 years. Right? Yeah. So by the midday, I'm like dragging around. I'm not in that great a mood. So I need something to pep me up a little bit. Is there something, Andy, that you'd recommend? Uh, not particularly. I need to find it. I need to get. I need to get there. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, so it's maybe I should just go over to. I go over to Natrium. That's a good place over Natrium? there. Natrium. Yeah. Yeah. Over on Excelsior Boulevard. Yeah, I would they say they would probably know. Yeah, I would say if you anybody, well, listeners, go comment in the app if you have any suggestions for yeah. Tom. Like and, I said, a nice good boost. I don't want to get mm -hmm. high. I just want a nice. I want to feel like I'm wide awake. That's yeah. what I'd like to get to. Yeah, a cannabis. I'm sure there'll be a cannabis energy drinks in the near future. I would sure think so. There's everything now. That would make a lot of sense if they did that. Yeah. I would imagine anyway. So anything else? You got one more minute to wrap things up before we move on to the family show? Uh, no. Family hour is going to be fun. We've got Alan Roach from no, the gonna be in public address announcer for the Minnesota Vikings as well as the Colorado Rockies. That'll be we in. we got Catherine, Catherine Brandt is going to be on the show. Yeah, it'll be fun. Bringing puppies with her. And Kostaki. And Kostaki. And Kostaki. Yeah, we better take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. We'll kick off the family show in just about five minutes.